everybody. I don't know who everybody is. Probably nobody. Uh, very few. But hello. Um, I... <laughs> here's here's the premise. I uh, It's 10 p.m. Uh, the night before this thing is uh, going live, I guess. And I am going to set my... Um, timer for 30 minutes and I'm just going to talk and whatever comes out comes out um yeah whatever <laughs> whatever happens happens uh that is the general premise of this uh I can't actually believe that I'm doing this I'm actually kind of only doing this because I told several people that I would and I told several people that I would so that I did so there's the catch 22 although if I hadn't told them I wouldn't be doing this and I wouldn't be doing this if I hadn't told them so um yeah okay so I was driving in my car um a week ago well yeah less than a week ago I think and um it like hit me like a lightning bolt to um do exactly what I'm doing, sit here on the couch in my studio and record and release it as a podcast, um, start podcasting, I guess. It's absolutely ridiculous as I'm sitting here doing it, um, but I, I'm doing it. Um, yeah, timer's set. I've already gone through a minute. How about that? Um, what am I talking about? What is this podcast about? I have uh, not really any idea. Um, I'm in the middle of a full-blown midlife crisis, I suppose. Um, so maybe maybe that, if you're close enough to me, you know that. Hopefully, in general, I'm probably hiding it um, in a decent enough way. But um, yeah, all kinds of stuff, all kinds of bricks falling down at the same time um, mentally and um, trying to figure that thing out. So um, maybe this is a part of it. Who knows? Um, maybe, maybe not. But I think I'm gonna try this for 30 days again, just because I told a few people that I would try this for 30 days, um, and see how it goes. So, okay, again, what what is this thing about? Um, I don't know. I have a long list of things. I suppose I'm kind of taking <clears throat> a note from like the Joe Rogan playbook in in the sense that, um, you know, I think that that podcast or any other podcast actually that I listen to I don't listen to a ton but um they have essentially you know four or five or ten things uh, that they are interested in and that they do and you might resonate with any one of them like maybe you found that one person or that one podcast because you align or resonate or Venn diagram with one of those things but not necessarily the other nine things that they're into and I think I probably uh, I'm in that same category. So maybe uh, maybe you know me from church. Um, most likely. That's quite possible. I've been doing it forever. And I know um, a lot of people. Uh, maybe you know me from music. I know you from music. Also probable. Also church music is the most likely um, of all of those things. Uh, maybe other places. Um, but... Yeah. So, okay. So my list of things that I could talk about, I was thinking about it again, this is less than a week old of an idea of what do I talk about? Um, I could talk about church, church leadership, um, church music, uh, being a LaCroix immigrant. I'll explain what that is. Um, it's a new term. Um, maybe it'll take off food, recording equipment, all things, drums, Jordan Peterson, 
marriage, keto stuff, dieting. I lost a lot of weight doing that. Um, Phoenix. I could talk about a little bit about Miami. Indian food. How much I hate cars. Depression. Um, shoes. Fashion. The craziest thing I've heard recently. Race. I, I don't know. Dude, this list is actually... I, I didn't even list everything. I didn't even say everything I listed. Um, it could be any of those, but... We'll kind of see where it goes. But as uh, we sit here, <clears throat> I am sitting on my teal couch in um, my garage, which I, re- I turn into a recording studio. Um, see the aforementioned midlife crisis. Um, yeah, I full on, I took my family's garage, like my, our garage that we kept our stupid stuff in bikes and tools and whatever else tools is an exaggeration i don't know if you know me if you do tools is an extreme exaggeration for exactly what i was keeping in here um but you know all the junk i yeah i took over the whole thing and i was actually explaining somebody today uh to somebody today that i met on facebook marketplace um what exactly i did with this place i'll I'll explain the facebook marketplace story i actually need to anyway um so it's a regular garage. This house that we're in is a new build, and um, it's the only garage I've ever seen in my entire life that has has, has windows in it. And so there's these two pretty massive windows facing the front lawn in it, and it was just kind of like, man, it's kind of waste if it was just a garage to have these beautiful windows. Also, I just I needed a bigger studio space. I'm doing more stuff. Um, more stuff is coming in for me to be able to uh, record or work on or program any of the above stuff i'm doing at at the church and and anywhere in between and so anyway built this out so there's a garage and i am staring at 400 420 i think um cinder blocks that i stacked in here by hand uh out of the four four walls i mean one wall is the garage door that i put a bunch of acoustic paneling in um and then about i would say of the remaining three walls about 75% of it is covered in, um, yeah, cinder blocks that I stacked from floor to ceiling, um, for acoustic reasons. It does an amazing, amazing job at that. It can do quite a bit on its own without even doing acoustic paneling, but, uh, I'm doing drums and stuff in here, which is kind of why I needed all that. I have acoustic panels, but the bricks do a lot. I took inspiration from, a couple garage studios uh, that I worked in recently in LA, um, you know, kind of converting the garage. I got a bunch of ideas there, but there's one, um, one buddy I work with, a guy who's become a really good buddy actually the last couple years. Um, the house that he was just in that he had just had to get rid of, um, in which in, in LA, in sort of the nice part, North LA, um, it's this house that he, he recorded, the greatest worship album of all time in, yes, I'm going on record. If you're close enough to me or have been over the years, you know exactly which record I'm talking about because I, I just never shut up about it. Um, and I apologize for that. That thing came out in 2017, I think. Um, so it's not new uh, and still probably the greatest studio worship recording project of all time. Um, anyway, he recorded that in this house and it's all cinder block in there, including where they did the drums and all that. And I, and I think I was like, yeah, I think there's something to that. There's a sound. So, um, yeah, there's 400 cinder blocks in here and a bunch of acoustic paneling 
and a an old Rogers drum set that I've been looking for this kind. I think it's from the 70s um, for years, along with my Yamaha um, Maple Custom Absolute Hybrid. If you know what that is, you're a nerd too. Um, that was like my dad drum set purchase. It was very expensive and it's sort of a forever kit. Um, it's a forever kit until I sell it because I go through gear like nobody. Um, I don't know what, we, why we're talking about that, how we got off into that, but, oh yeah, Facebook marketplace. I was telling the guy about the studio, this garage today. So here's the crazy story. It's not that crazy. Um, yesterday I, so there's a, there's a particular snare drum I guess we're talking about drums today. I guess that's the thing. Uh, out of out of all the things on that list, marriage, weight loss, keto, depression, Indian food, Miami. Well, I guess we're talking about drums today. Um, so, um, fa- okay, there's a, there's a particular Ludwig snare drum. There's they have essentially three famous drums that they've made forever the Black Beauty, the Superphonic, and then the Acrolyte, which was a student snare. It was like in a, comes in a hard shell plastic case. Stupid. You'd see them at Goodwill for years, forever. You'd see these things, it'd be like $12, you know, whatever. Nobody cares. Those are the ones you gave away or you gave to like, oh, hey, you know, your nephew is learning snare drum in middle school and you need to get him a snare. Like, that's what you got, your kid. Um, yeah, fast forward, like, 30 years that ends up becoming like the snare that just records amazing. And I've actually never owned one. And so it's called a Ludwig Acrolyte. Um, they're gray. I I swear you've probably seen one somewhere, anywhere in a closet. Now they're really hard to get hold of and they're no longer $12. They're like sometimes $400, which is absolutely ridiculous, um, for this piece of junk. So if you can kind of find one around the $200 mark, you're, you're doing good. Um, so, uh, I am in the Dallas area. Um, so my house is in Midlothian, Texas, just South of Dallas. Um, and, um, yeah, Dallas is plenty. I'm on the Facebook marketplace thing, uh, which I hate Facebook. I'm sorry if you don't, uh, I only go on there to look at marketplace. Um, and, uh, found a couple, found one yesterday and, um, messaging the guy. No, no, no. Let me back up. It was not on Facebook Market. I found this one on Craigslist because there's a hack. There's a hack here. There's a couple hacks still left. You can go on shop on shopgoodwill.com, which is exactly what it sounds like. It's exactly what you think it is. You can shop on Goodwill online if they know what they have. You can find some deals there um, for stuff like this or like synthesizers or any other of the nerd stuff that I'm into. Um, you can find it there. Uh or also Craigslist. Because the people that still use Craigslist have no idea what OfferUp is. And are on Facebook, but I've never are are scared of Facebook Marketplace. Um, and also, if they're listing something on Craigslist, their ability to research uh, to see what this thing is actually worth on like a place like Reverb.com, which is an actual musical sale site, uh, they're not going to do it. They have no idea. And so every now and then you kind of hit, and I did yesterday. It was awesome. I found the snare drum, um, and it was $200, really good shape with the case on Craigslist. So I'm emailing the guy through the thing on Craigslist and um, he it's slow to respond because it's email. Um, number one, the guy's not young. 
Um, I, yep, don't mean to insult anybody, but if you're on Craigslist and you're selling stuff on Craigslist, I, I, I don't know what age demographic you're in. It's probably not mine. Um, so he's selling this thing, slow to respond. Every, every message is like 20 minute response time on email. Um, finally get around to, it sends me out in the address. It's in DeSoto, um, which is a ways from where I am, but it's on the way home. So I go, uh, and I go there and I'm like 15 minutes early. I email the guy waiting out front. So the guy gives me the address to this church. It's this tiny little church, um, in DeSoto. Um, and I'm thinking, I, this seems sketch i don't know what's happening this guy's not going to show up i don't are they going to invite me inside and rob me i don't know i don't know what's happening it's kind of sketch um i wait there wait there wait there nothing email him say i'm here say i'm here i see another car pull up uh and it's not like nobody's coming over to, to come to the front door finally like 30 minutes later i get the email oh sorry come around back so there's this other house that's off to this other street behind the place i go over there and the other car that had pulled up earlier was another guy who responded to the same Craigslist ad. Clearly, same th- same line of thinking as me. He was a younger guy, knew what he was looking for, and he went and he bought the snare drum. I was there forever, and this guy bought the drum out from under my nose. Now, it might not sound like a problem to you, but I've been looking for this thing for years. Then it was in pristine shape. So I finally went over, met the guy, and I'm like, hey, I'm here for that thing. I was like, oh, sorry, I just sold it to that guy over there. And I I have not been mad at a stranger, I think, ever. I think that was like my life takeaway from that thing yesterday was this is the first time I've ever been mad at somebody who doesn't share the same DNA as me. Like, I don't really get mad at people. I mean, kind of, I guess. You know, I'll get upset. I'll get really straightforward with people. But, like, I'm not actually mad at anybody. This was the first time I've ever been mad. And I don't know why. I don't... That's that's part of the midlife crisis thing, I think. I think I'm turning into, like, you know... I remember seeing my dad get mad at strangers and thinking, this is that's crazy. Why would you ever get mad at somebody from Home Depot? And now I'm like, I'm getting there. I can get mad at a waiter. That's new. That is crazy new for me. Like kind of being upset at a waiter, asking a waiter for something and then just like being mad at them, you know, Um, but not actually mad. But this was the first time I was actually mad. Like I was really mad at the guy. I was fuming and I drove home angry, like in a bad mood. And the whole time in my head, I'm like, number one, this is legitimately not, this is not that big of a deal. Like you need to chill out. Number two, Liam was with me. And he could tell I was mad, you know, whatever. Um, And the whole time in my head, I knew, I was like, this is probably the Chinese farmer situation. I don't know if you know that um, analogy or that anecdote or that story. It's essentially, I'm going to butcher it. The Chinese farmer and his son uh, breaks his leg. And it's like, oh, it's supposed to be a terrible thing. And they go to the Chinese farmer and say, your son broke his leg. Isn't that so bad? He said, Maybe, maybe it's good. Maybe it's bad. Maybe it's not. And then the next day, uh, the army comes to recruit, you know, does a military recruitment and they can't take him because his leg is broken. So it turned out to be a good thing. It was supposed to be a bad thing. It turned out to be a good thing. Blah, blah, blah. Well, and I know in my head that that was probably the case. I just did not care. I was so mad. Anyway, it turns out it was the case. 
because <clears throat> today I go on Facebook Marketplace and find the exact drum in better condition uh, with, um, yeah, another hard case and a stand and everything. And I met this guy up in uh, Garland and he flips vintage drums and vin vintage cymbals and he's super hip and super cool um, and has got a lot of really cool stuff. Um, his name is Kyle. Uh, I don't remember his last name. I have his card somewhere. But um, I missed out on that other drum so that I could meet this dude I'm pretty sure and I knew and I knew that that was going to happen I 100% knew there's a reason I'm not getting this drum even though I'm super mad that this dude was Craigslisting on like via email on like some Yahoo account um but uh yeah that's my snare drum story I have no idea if anybody cares about that but I guess we're on a drum episode um got really nerdy I don't know, but I, next to breathing, I think playing drums is the thing I've done the longest in my life, and it's gone like, you know, it's been sporadic over the years. Um, I'm bit, I've been married for 17 years and have two boys that are super dope, actually. Speaking of getting mad at people, I get mad at them, but they are super dope. I don't know another way to say that. I can't, I can't say they're cool. They're just dope kids. Um, my oldest is driving, that's nutty, but original point, um, I've had a family forever, but I've played drums longer, <laughs> uh, let's see, started playing, I think, at nine, um, nine or ten, which would put us at 26 years of playing drums, um, yeah, again, back to midlife crisis, uh, gosh, I guess that's the name of this episode, um, yeah, 36, it's crazy for me, um, I feel like I'm not cool anymore, I think it's half the problem, um, not cool and ir irrelevant are sort of the things sneaking around, but, um, so, I meet this guy today. We do the deal on the drums. I, I brought a couple of other snares that I didn't love. Um, <clears throat> like ones that I liked, but I didn't love. Like I've, in, in the session work that I'm doing, like I didn't, I'm not reaching for this one drum. It's it's actually an awesome snare. It's a uh, Slingerland chrome over brass guy. It's an eight lug with a stick eater hoop. Um it's a cool drum. I, I just, I, it sounded, it sounds pretty great live. Actually, it's it's fun to play, um, but I don't play live anymore, really, ever. And um, I, I just never reached for it in the studio, and so I was like, ah, I might end up trading this guy. So I brought it, and I did. I traded him for the Acrolyte, and which sounds like a crazy deal, like two years ago. But apparently nowadays, Acrolytes are worth way more money than they should be. Um, so I'm talking with the guy today. We're doing the deal. And, um, my full drum nerdery was on display. Like I, I actually didn't know I still had it in me to talk about which years they started painting the insides of shells on old Rogers drums. And are they poplar or maple or a combination of both or probably mahogany. And actually from this era to that era and the on the, on the, the Rogers Londoner kits, nobody actually knows what wood they were made out of. That's why they painted the inside of them. And you know, like there's this Yamaha drum that he had that I'm probably going to go back and buy. It's a super, you got to be a drummy drummer to know what this drum is. It's looks, it looks like a toy kind of, um, it's a 
three or a three and a half by 14 um, brass Yamaha snare. It's from the Weckl era. There was a very specific era, late 90s. Um, ah, Vinnie Caliuta, Steve Gadd, Dave Weckl type era um, where this was one of the drums that was kind of around in that thing. It was like the recording customs with the big old power toms. Um, you know, those birch drums. And this snare was like the brass snare that was like kind of the loud, poppy, angry version of a Black Beauty, even though it's like not at all. This like It's completely different depth. It's tiny. It's three and a half um, inches deep, but it's like super loud. Anyway, again, looks like a toy definitely selling for like $800, but it's worth it. That, that drum is absolutely worth it. And, uh, I rolled up, he had the thing, um, wasn't expecting to see it. There it was played it. It stole my heart. So now I got to figure out what to sell. I am proud of myself in my old age. I didn't just go to the ATM, pull out cash and figure out the money later. It was like, I don't know. Let me, let me be an adult about this. He thinks he's going to hold on to it for a little bit. So I'm going to sell something else in here, which I have a lot of um, stuff that I'm not yet not using as much that I can sell. But, uh, yeah, we talked about symbol weights and the ratio of the height of the bell to the pitch of the symbol and volume and, uh, ratio of weight to pitch. Also, if you, those are things like, how do I know these things? What, why, you know, why do I know that you need to put cotton balls on the inside of the lugs on certain Ludwig drums, like when you're recording, uh, you know, who, like I grew up on a modern drummer magazine. Maybe I also had a really great mentor when I was I don't know, 14, 15. His name is Gary Lummer. Shout out Gary Lummer. Um, I actually think about you a lot. You, I don't know. I, you're not going to listen to this, but think about him quite a bit. Um, again, in my older years, apparently. Uh, but yeah, taught, taught me a lot about, about drums and like the importance of it, but it's, yeah, there's quite a bit of nerdery to be had. Um, I'm on the hunt for some hi-hats right now. I have a set that is pretty good. They're just a little clangy in my room, um, for all the stuff I'm doing. They work great sometimes for certain songs. They don't work great for some songs. So I'm looking, um, Let's see. Yeah, I got an Acrolyte, a Superphonic, and a Black Beauty now. I'm down. I'm down to three drums. I had probably, well, three snares. I am going to go get that Yamaha um, brass guy, too. That thing is crazy. It's going gonna, it's gonna to haunt me if I don't own that drum. Um, yeah. How far have we gone? Oh, man, quite a bit. I put a 30-minute timer on. We're not far from the end. Um, well, drums is not the only thing I do. See, this is therapy. This is my version of therapy at this point. Um, this is me having full on therapy sessions. That's what this is. I'm going to try this for a month where I sit in my studio, um, and talk about any of the things that make me involve my, that are, I don't know that I'm involved in that make me, me. Um, I am currently an executive pastor at my church. That's crazy. 
Um, I've been in ministry for 17 years. Uh, yeah, full time. Easter this past Easter was 17. Um, today was an absolutely insane day at our church. Um, yeah, um, it was life day. Many um, of you, I don't know if you're around. If you're around me or the, the avenue, like that's where we know each other, and that's how you're hearing this or whatever. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, we we tripled the number of baptisms today that people had signed up for. There was a certain amount signed up, and we tripled it um, in spontaneous. And it wasn't a small number. Um, that that was insane. Um, yeah, watching that go down, it's it's it was hard not to get. I mean, there was dude the end. Wow, I'm gonna get even emotional thinking about it. This girl, like when I say girl, she's young, teenager. Um, she serves in production. She holds a camera. It was the last service, and she put the camera down and took her headset off and walked and got into the pool. And nobody knew. Nobody, none of us knew that was gonna happen we were doing spontaneous baptism time we we're just running down worship songs um and yeah this girl she jumped in there and like i was with i was back towards the booth and like i yeah everybody lost it yeah there was not there was not a dry eye in the entire team but um that was wild crazy being a part of that i honestly if i keep doing these if i stick with my 30 days we're gonna get into some, into some ministry stuff uh that's oh man we'll see <laughs> i think it's probably not it's not always um wise for all of uh of pastor pastoral ministry pastoral ministers whatever whatever it is we do uh it's not wise for us to share all the things we think but i might uh it's all fine it's not like there's some massive incongruencies but there's um yeah there's some fun stuff we could we could touch on i think not necessarily like theological i could that could be fun too but more like um future of future of the big c church i see some trends i actually um along with music and drums and whatever else I, apparently i'm decent at spreadsheets um i made a database i i made a derivative um data spreadsheet on the demographic breakdown of all the churches in America on, on from a Pew research study that was done based on denomination um, for a couple of reasons kind of because I have my finger on the pulse on the, of the music side um, it just essentially you know the breakdown of the 70.6 I think it is percent of of um, people in America that call themselves Christian, what does that number break down to as far as denominations? How much of it is charismatic or AG um, or Baptist or Methodist or Catholic or Pentecostal or um, Presbyterian or whatever? I mean, there's, there's a bunch of them and there's a bunch that overlap and whatever, but that data is extremely surprising. Extremely surprising. Um, it, it was to me. Uh, there's some that I... I just absolutely did not expect. Um, but I kind of want to get into that. That might be a whole episode. I could probably go 30 for 30 minutes on church demographic breakdown and like future of ministry stuff. As far as I, I see it as I, as I guess actually this week I have two conversations with some guys 
Um, one guy in Atlanta, one guy in Phoenix. We're going to sort of talk about some of this data. It's all just for me, but I might end up presenting it here, I guess, or somewhere. Or I don't know. Um, but it's, um, yeah, something interesting to be said about how um, of 90, probably 95 plus percent of the worship industry is supplied by um, uh, the smallest percentage of um, denominational breakdown. I think that's sort of what was driving me to dig into the study. But uh, anyway, church, church is awesome. Church can also be not awesome. I'm totally, I, we can get into that. Goodness gracious. I have some stories. Um, drums. Drums and midlife crisis, crises. Sitting in my garage, studio, I converted. I'm looking at a Kanye West for president sign on my teal couch. Um, I got a bunch of rugs in here. I have a yeah, I'm looking, I'm going to go left to right. A Yamaha U1 upright piano, um, which is the taller, bigger version of the U3, which is arguably the greatest upright piano ever. Um, this one's from 1968, and it played terribly until a week ago. Got it fixed. Guy came in, it took him three or four hours, adjusted every single key. It was crazy. The waiting, and now it, now it plays awesome. Just did a, just recorded that piano on Friday. Um, a stereo set of pencils, a mono, a mono Coles 4038 in the middle and a U87 down on the bottom underneath by the feet for the soundboard drum kit, Ludwig Rogers stuff, symbols using the, the Townsend sphere, sphere stuff on, on a couple. I have two of them. SE kick in the Mike tech, Aaron Sterling signature, Tom Mike's Unit 957 and an SE8 on top, V7X on bottom. I have a set of NS10s with a sub. Um, a Brio sub actually is very nice. A uh, pair of barefoots. Uh, rack is two Apollo X8Ps, three patch bays. Um, I'm, this mic is an SM7 going into a Chandler TG uh, uh, channel strip. Is it the TG2? I don't remember the name of this strip. It's got it's the pre with the EQ. The 500 series version of this just pre without the EQ is it's the same pre, but there's a second gain stage, which is really awesome, which I think I kind of miss. But this one is just the strip is the pre with the eq in it 500 series rack with a couple cappy preamps some ssls um and a stereo pair of dbx 160s that i don't use uh a super six um synth a nord drum three uh what else uh, i have uh, two dave's yeah two dave smith boards um, the Pro 3, the Take 5 of a Korg Poly 800 and a Korg MS-20. Those are the ride or dies for now because I sell everything. 
And then a bunch of other stuff that I'm not going to list because my timer just went off. It has been 30 minutes of me talking about snare drums, my midlife crisis, Craigslist, Facebook Marketplace. Um, thanks. Thanks.